Let's go straight into our cloud and tech and data conversation with the team at DigitalOcean. Chief Financial Officer Bill Sorensen joins us from the business after its earnings. Uh, Bill, good to have you back on the program. Welcome back. Hey, Oliver. Nice to see you again. I, I hope you can hear me fine. I'm, yes. I'm here at a hotel. Okay, I'm here at a hotel in Vail, Colorado, and I'm feeling a little suspicious on the internet, but I'll keep my fingers crossed. <laughs> All right, now, there might be a little lag, but we got you, we hear you loud and clear. Jealous about the Vail uh, location at the moment. Uh, maybe more in the future, uh, Bill. I see one of the first things that jumps out in the report is that uh, you'll be retiring from the post. Uh, tell us about that firstly, what's the timeline for that and why? Yeah, this is a, sort of a, a, a bittersweet moment for me. This has been absolutely an incredible ride. As, as I tell everybody, this is the best job that I've ever had. Look, I turned 67 back in uh, in June. And uh, when I took this job three years ago, along with Yancey, uh, I thought I'd have a four-year run. Uh, next year is four years. And uh, I think it's time to sort of step out of the day-to-day -day of doing this crazy job. So Yancey and I have been talking about this um, and we felt this was really the best way to ensure a very orderly transition. So the agreement that the company has provided me with is that I'll remain with the company uh, through next August. Uh, if a successor is found or when a successor is found in the interim, uh, I'll relinquish my title, obviously, and I'll serve as an executive advisor. Uh, but I will continue with DigitalOcean through, uh, through the end of next year uh, or through August of next year, as I'm really, really excited to continue to, to go forward with the plans we've initiated this year, which are really starting to uh, show, show real progress. So excited about that uh, and looking forward to trying to finally improve my golf game. We'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you'll have about a half the year to be able to do it out there in Vail. Uh, so, Bill, last time uh, you were here uh, in the late spring, we talked about uh, the goal to uh, continue to uh, bring the margins for the company up to 10 percent, the uh, uh, metric that you gave us at the time. Uh, I see that the earnings, everything looks very clean, uh, uh, meeting or beating expectations. Let's start with that margin discussion. Where does that sit right now? Well, we've made really material progress relative to identifying what are the actual costs we need to run this business and grow it day to day. Uh, beginning three years ago, uh, we began this effort uh, when our profitability numbers were materially lower. Uh, we've made material improvements relative to, to guidance. Uh, one of the areas we're particularly pleased with is in our gap gross margins. Uh, gap gross margins this year or this quarter were 65%. Uh, last year, they were 58%. So we've increased that margin by 700 basis points through working with all of our major providers, our hardware providers, as well as our co-location and bandwidth providers around the world. So our procurement team has done a fantastic job at uh, identifying and achieving materials and our partners around the globe have been working with us. And that's largely because we are a good customer for them. We're pointing to a very bright future and a continued revenue growth globally. And so it creates a very uh, positive symbiotic relationship between us and our suppliers. We've also been focusing on the pure operating cost side. Uh, this year, given the overall uncertain uh, economic environment, uh, we were basically focusing our spend on only those items that could drive near-term revenue growth. So longer-term initiatives, we're kind of looking at, we're not funding as much as we may have 
We're focusing on what we need to deliver this year. And we still think we have additional leverage in this model. And that re is reflected in the guidance that we provided for next quarter and for the year, which points to a continued improvement in non-GAAP operating margin up towards 17, 18%. Previously, uh, your estimate was for 13 to 15 for that particular uh, metric is what I saw in the report. So you're ahead of even kind of where you thought you'd be. Uh, and so just to get some more details on that, is that just because the revenue is holding more steady and strong than expected? Or uh, can you give us details on how you're able to wring out a better margin, uh, even if the top line remains consistent? Is there something structurally, operationally that's happening? Well, in every initiative we're, we're undertaking, we try to tie the cost spend relative to the revenue return. Uh, historically, we were you know, a small company uh, that was driven by founders. There was more focus relative to the top line and not as much on the bottom line. We've uh, basically brought more of an investment lens relative to what we're doing. So we look at each of the initiatives we undertake and what the revenue impact, revenue impact will be, sorry. And we look at the expenses related to that. Behind that though, there are systematic things we've done. We've continued to improve our bad debt. Uh, we've worked very diligently along with security teams uh, to basically ensure that we're only getting good customers. So we've made material improvements in that. We've also looked at operating costs like real estate. You know, we are now a remote first company. Uh, when I started, we had about 65% of our company remote. Now we're fully remote hmm. and we've basically um, sublet all of our real estate. We had offices in New York, uh, in Cambridge, Massachusetts, uh, in San Francisco, in Bangalore. Today, we have one floor in New York, our, our technical headquarters, and an office in Bangalore. But beyond that, we have no real estate holdings. So we've basically adjusted some of our operating spend to the new way that we're operating today, and that's yielding benefit. We do have more room ahead. Uh, you know, we continue to talk to the street about further improvements in profitability, which is reflected in the guidance that we gave this year. Uh, and we're also continuing to stick to our target of delivering this year percent uh, free cash flow, but moving that metric to 20% over the next two years. And we still have a line of sight to that number and we're working diligently to get there. Uh, really appreciate those details. And uh, when you find that successor, what will you be telling them about how to continue to uh, get uh, you know, the highest bang for the buck in your operations, as you mentioned, the hybrid work, as you mentioned, the debt, some things there that were able to wring out more juice from the squeeze. Are there still areas to do that for your successor? Absolutely. You know, we're structured today, Oliver, to support our goal. You know, we speak about a billion dollars in 2024, but we only have our sights on a bigger than, number than that in 2026. And what we want to make sure is that we have the infrastructure in place to support that business. And that would then allow us to grow without adding incremental costs from a back office, a GNA type perspective. So that's going to clearly be one area uh, that we can continue uh, to find improvements in. We still believe we have more room relative to gross margins. Uh, again, we are a great customer for many of the hardware manufacturers, for the co-location providers, the bandwidth providers, ancillary manufacturers. So I still see opportunity for my successor to work along with the procurement team uh, to get further margin there. And then we continue to launch new products. 
that basically have the opportunity to drive incremental margin for us, a sales force that's driving bigger and bigger transactions from our customers. So we still see plenty of legroom ahead. I think what's going to be important for my successor is continuing to work within the great ambitious culture that we've established in this company. Uh, it's very much a teamwork focused um, uh, environment. Yancey has made it very clear to everybody that we all succeed together. So I think fitting in culture will be an important thing. And, and I think that's another reason why a transition that could last a year leaves enough time uh, to find a good successor, but also enough time for me to work with them in an appropriate handoff and give them everything they need to be successful. Okay. Bill, uh, love the uh, details, and it uh, sounds like we might have at least one more of these conversations, so looking forward to it. Thank you, Bill Srenson, CFO at DigitalOcean, D-O-C-N.